The scripture reading today is from Psalm 100, the psalm of thanksgiving. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. This is the word of the Lord. No, you've been applauding a lot, which is great. Uh, at the beginning of our psalm, uh, where it talks about shout to the Lord, uh, the message, paraphrase, uh, Peterson calls it uh, applaud the Lord, so appropriate, uh, very much so. And thank you for the, God, the music has been wonderful. My favorite uh, item that I heard, actually, was when I was putting my tie on up there and you sang the doxology a cappella, and it was just powerful. It was just so wonderful. The last three weeks, uh, we talked about inner burdens. We talked about loneliness and anxiety and bitterness. And, and I want to thank so many of you who responded to that with a lot of transparency um, in a lot of personal ways and, and with strong desire to um, reconcile some things with yourself or with the situation or with another person. Uh, so uh, pleased by the degree of, of uh, transparency that you showed with that. But now we take a real uh, radical turn here because we're a number of days away from Thanksgiving, and we thought it appropriate to talk about psalms leading up to Thanksgiving. And so this is a three-part series called A Time to Psalm. And this morning we begin with one of the most beloved psalms, Psalm 100, which really is all about adoration, adoring God our Father. It's one of the most loved. And what's amazing about it is it is so brief, it's five verses, so lean in its choices of words, and yet it's so profound. There's a simple profundity to it. It reminds me a lot of the Lord's Prayer, which we shared earlier on. Just very brief, but very, very dense in what it has to say. Psalm 100 is also so easy to memorize. Shout for joy to the Lord. I think they deserve applause. Come on. <laughs> it's all about adoration. Now, we have our own forms of adoration. How many of you have ever been driving in a car and a song came on that you just loved, whether on iTunes or Spotify or on the radio, whatever, and you just had to start singing, and you're all by yourself, minding your own business, but nevertheless, you broke out into song. How many of y'all have ever done that? Almost everybody who drives. Uh, hopefully, you're 16 or higher. Um, but if you're, you've, you've heard a song and, and started singing with it, and some songs for some people are just too hard not to sing. It's impossible not to sing, 
That was the case for poor Montreal native Tofik Moala back in 2017. He was driving along, minding his own business, and a song that he happened to love came on. And it's a song with a lot of energy to it. And, and he just got excited and began to sing in a very animated fashion. We're, we're, I'm going to play just a, just a few bars of this, and let me just say at the outset, I realize we are historically Baptist here. Okay, go ahead. Don't bring that up in deacon's meeting, okay? No. There you go. <laughs> well, it was one of Moala's favorite songs, and he works out a lot, and so he, he just thought, yeah, and he started singing. And, and maybe not the best singing, but he, he was just enjoying it, minding his own business, singing, and then he saw police lights behind him, and he was pulled over. He thought, well, first of all, he started to just go slower, and they actually called out to him, pull over, please. They pulled over, each of the policemen went up on either side of his car, and he was like, this is ominous, what's going on? And the guy asked for his ID and said, were you screaming in there? And Mawala said, no, I was just singing. Well, you've broken, and there's a certain Montreal ordinance of Montreal law which says, everyone who not being in a dwelling house causes a disturbance in or near a public place by screaming or shouting or singing is guilty of an offense punishable on summary conviction. And so this poor 38-year-old father of two was given a $118 ticket. And he was quoted in the paper saying, I don't know if my voice was that bad, and that's why I got the ticket, but I was very shocked. I mean, how do you not sing to that song? And the last I looked, he decided to contest the fine, and I could not find anywhere in my research whether or not he won that. But anyway, sometimes our favorite songs tug us in that way to the point that we cannot help but sing. But let's apply it to our faith. When was the last time that, that we realized the faithfulness of God, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, the, the, the sovereignty of God to the point that we just wanted to, to sing as we've heard some wonderful singing and music this morning, when we really wanted to do that, and do that with a full heart. You know, it, it reminds me of Luke 19, where Jesus is coming in with the triumphal entry, and the people start singing and praising his name, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And do you remember the Pharisees looked at Jesus and said, tell them to be quiet. Remember what Jesus said? He said, even if they all were quiet, the very, what would cry out? The very stones would cry out. It's all about adoration of the Son of God. So how do we adore God in worship? There's some very, very basic but very profound points that Psalm 100 points to. It's, it's, it's simple profundity that helps us. First of all, we gather. We gather, and the two key words there are all and gladness. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness come before him singing with joy. A minute ago, like I said, you sang the doxology, and it was beautiful. The inspiration for the doxology is Psalm 100. In fact, the tune title of that, if you look in your hymn book, 
It says the old 100th. That's what it is sometimes referred to. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. It's a call for all of us to adore God together. Now, way back when in ancient Israel, when people were making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for one of the festivals, one of the annual festivals, and they would go there, and as they got to the gates of Jerusalem, they would all begin singing this psalm or some other psalms, usually from Psalm 93 forward, and they would start singing, and it would say, sing all together, and you would just hear all people all around the city of Jerusalem singing with such joy. We really don't have something similar to that Today, except perhaps in Japan, actually, whenever there's the coronation of a new emperor, uh, it happens in Kyoto at the royal palace there, and there's a huge group in there, and when the emperor sits on his throne, suddenly everybody just shouts out again and again, bonsai, 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 and that means, uh, if if you extend it, it means, Uh, May the emperor reign for 10,000 years. But it's interesting how they do it in Japan because they make sure that people all across that nation will be saying and shouting and praising bonsai, bonsai, all at the same time. It used to be that they would send out some mail to everybody saying, at this time, wherever you are, drop what you're doing and stand and face wherever Kyoto is and cry out, Bonsai, bonsai, bonsai. Now, of course, you can do it just digitally or you can see it on television, but they, are, they want it all synchronized to where everybody in that entire country is saying bonsai, bonsai, bonsai at the same time. Well, that's kind of the picture of Psalm 100, not just about a mere emperor, and there have been plenty of emperors through history, but we're talking about the King of, King, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's saying all believers, all believers Let's all shout and sing that the Lord God reigns. I appreciate this quote from Martin Luther. He says, To gather with God's people in united adoration of the Father is as necessary to the Christian life as as prayer. And some people might say, well, that's idealistic, you know. It couldn't happen everywhere all at once where all of God's people are shouting and singing, and in some ways, logically, some people are sleeping and all that. Well, It should happen at least in our worship hour. That's why I was so blessed by your applause throughout. You know, it's very uh, rejoiceful and and praiseful, which is so wonderful. And it will happen one day. I mean, there's the hymn, the the piece of music that you find in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11, where at the end of it it says what? One day what every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that what? Well, it's, it's really what Ella said earlier, that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? It'll happen one day that way. And so we should gather together all whenever we can and be one voice with joy, but we should also gather in gladness. And I've thought about that a lot this week because so often it takes a tragedy to pull us together as a people. Uh, I remember when the Challenger shuttle uh, blew up back in 1986. And I remember the president saying, you know, for the next day he, he wanted everybody to... Uh, whenever they were driving around, that they would put their headlights on during the day. How many of y'all remember that? Did, did you remember doing that? And it was just powerful to me. I was in Louisville, Kentucky at the time, and it was like, in a way, a memorial um, procession. And yet it was powerful, and people were driving more slowly than usual. It was really interesting, but you could just tell there was kind of a, a holy moment to it, a, a sacred moment to it. Even more so with 9-11, Uh, That happened on a Tuesday. It happened that on that Sunday, I was supposed to go preach at Walnut Street Baptist Church in in Louisville. 
And uh, they said, come on, we, you know, should, should I come? Yeah, come on, we need, we need to hear a word. And so I'll never forget driving up there on a Friday on I-65 North, and what blew my mind was how many people had flags. Just, just you know, they were sticking, it, sticking them out of their windows, of their cars, of their trucks, or they had magnetized flags on the back of their cars or maybe on the front of their cars. And it, I remember stopping at two different places along the way, trying to find some kind of flag so I could join in, and they were already sold out. And I started listening to the radio, and they kept talking as I kept driving through different uh, cities. They were saying, don't even try to go try to find a flag. They're all flying either on front porches or in cars. I finally found one. I went to a service station in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, I recall, and I finally got one. But it was just, it was just so galvanizing, you know, and people were just brought together because of that and I thought about that a lot this week. Why can't we do that on a good day, on a glad day, on a day of gladness? You know, do it in a way where we just happen to remember again the incredible grace of God, His faithfulness to us, His love for us. And for that alone, just want to, if we don't shout or even sing, just be in awe of that when we gather together in worship. Just because not all are doing it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be doing it here and in the right spirit. And one day it will be that way. So why don't we practice for that even now? So how do we adore our Lord? Well, first of all, we gather, and we gather in gladness. But secondly, we magnify. Look at verses 3 and 4. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. That really is to magnify Him. He made us. And we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise, with awe, yes, with gladness. You know, the context of Psalm 100, it's, it's the, the end of what are called the enthronement psalms. They begin with Psalm 93, 94, 95, goes through Psalm 100. And many of, of these would be sung either on the way to Jerusalem, on the pilgrimage toward one of those festivals, or once they arrived, and they would just sing these few. They were like greatest hits of praising God, magnifying God. And to adore the sovereign God and magnify Him is to exalt Him in the way that is so deserved. Richard Foster, and I think this quote is in the order of worship actually, said, adoration is the spontaneous yearning of the heart to worship honor, magnify, and bless God. We ask nothing but to cherish Him. We seek nothing but His exaltation. We focus on nothing but His goodness. We put our energy and our passion into magnifying Him. Speaking of magnifying, I like the way one theologian put it. He's reminded us that there are two kinds of magnifying. There's microscopic magnification and there's telescopic magnification. Microscope, telescope. One thing makes a small thing look a lot bigger than it really is. The other makes a big thing begin to at least look at least a bit more big as it really is. That's why in Psalm 69, you know, when David says, I will magnify the Lord with thanksgiving, he doesn't mean I will make a small God look bigger than he is. He's saying, I will make a big God begin to look the way he really is. And even when we try to do that, it's just a small dot against the backdrop of, of the majesty and holiness of God. We're not called to be microscopes. We're called to be telescopes. We magnify His mystery, His majesty, His sovereignty, His vastness. Now, there might be a day, maybe today, though, where you say, you know, I don't feel like doing that today. Magnifying God? No, not today. It's been a bad week. 
Uh, there's burdens I'm carrying, I'm stressed, I'm disillusioned, my team didn't win, whatever it might be. But this psalm reminds us, it's not left up to you and me to base it on our emotions, our mere emotions. You know, there's seven mandates, seven verbs that you find in this simple psalm. Let's just go through them here. Shout, and it could mean to applaud or laud. I think of what our children do on Sunday nights. It's to be in awe of God, whether you shout audibly or shout internally in awe of Him. That's really what the word means in the Hebrew, okay? Worship, okay, what else? Come before him. I mean, all of this we can do, you know, regardless of what our emotional impulse is at the moment. Go ahead. Acknowledge who God is. We can do that, not base it on our feeling or how we're feeling physically. Go ahead. You know, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Okay, go ahead. Go to him. What's the last one? Give thanks to him. I think that's the last one, right? Yeah, good. So again, none of these are, are, are just utterly based on how we're feeling at the time. We can at least do that, even if we're not feeling like it. To me, it's almost like when you have your daily devotional time. You don't feel like doing that every time, but you know what? The fact that you're doing that, doing that is an act of faith and a, and a blessed act of confession of your faith in Christ. And that really is a means by which God is glorified. Same thing here when we gather here to adore the Lord our God. So, how do we adore God? Well, we gather, then we magnify, and then finally, we love. We love. Look at verse 5. For the Lord is good. Tove. The Lord is tove. His unfailing love continues how long? Forever. And His faithfulness continues to each generation. His love is unfailing. It abides. It continues always. In the early 90s, I remember reading about this story. It was the 35th reunion of an orphanage an orphanage school in uh, Chicago. And there were two people who didn't want to go back to that reunion. Uh, the guy was named Robert Young, who was 53 years old, and there was Frances Newman. She didn't want to go either, and she was 53 years old. But one of the sisters who ran this Catholic orphanage told both of them that each was coming, though she wasn't sure, but she just wanted to make sure that they were reunited. Why? Because when they were little kids, they, they kind of had a thing for each other. And everybody could tell they had a crush on each other, and they only got to see each other for about a year, and then Robert was actually pulled out of the orphanage by his mother. Well, when they each heard that the other was going to be there, though, you know, they really didn't know whether or not they would be, they both showed up. And she walked right over to Robert's table, and he recognized her immediately. They were both 53 years old at the time. Had not seen each other in 35 years. And that first night, they stayed up and talked until 4 a.m. The next night, he took her out on a date. And the third night, he proposed to her. And sometime later, they got married. Now, this is beautiful. You know, it, it, after 35 years, there was this abiding and unchanging love. And on a human level, that reminds us that there can be love that will not change, that will abide, that will remain but how much higher and holier and how much more assured and certain is it that our God who reigns and loves forever will love us in a way without change? And my gosh, that's such reason for us to give adoration to him every moment. How much higher and holier and assured is God's love for us? And his love is unfailing, continues forever. All the reason for us to love him in our worship all the more as we adore him, as we worship him. My son, Nick, uh, has been to N Namibia. Sometimes I have trouble saying it, Namibia. He's been 
uh, at least on the edge of the Namibian desert. And somewhere in the Namibian desert, the American rock band Toto, anybody remember Toto? Okay. Toto has a song called Africa. It came out in 1982. And somewhere in the Namibian desert, it is blaring in perpetuity, nonstop. Uh, and this is because just last February, this was just last February, the N- Namibian German artist Max Siedenhoff, which is, that's him right there in the picture there, decided he wanted to do an art installation in his home country of Namibia. And so his goal was to have this song, the rock anthem Africa, be heard nonstop, forever. He said the only thing that could stop it is if it rains. He said, but that's probably not going to happen in the Namibian desert. So he connected six speakers to an MP3 player loaded with the song to play on a loop and placed in an undisclosed location in the middle of the Namibian desert. And according to the plan, the solar batteries are hooked into the speakers and player, and it ensures perpetual power and allows Africa to play at least until it rains, like I said. I think we've got just a smidgen of this on video. Let's see, do we have this? That's it actually doing it. I don't know if that song is going to be in heaven. I'd be fine with that. But in heaven, it's going to be a perpetual just festival of song and praise for God. And I mean, saints and angels will be singing together. And it'll be nonstop. It'll be unceasing as we show our adoration and our love for the one who gave us that eternal life to experience in that moment. So why don't we start now? Why don't we start now with true and unbridled praise and adoration? Let's pray together. As we open in prayer, let me ask you, what's keeping you from praising and adoring God at this very moment? What is it that the evil one is actually throwing in front of you as a distraction? Deceiving you or distracting you from giving God the glory that he so deserves. Just to even say that he deserves it is condescending. This is the King of kings and Lord of lords, the sovereign God of the very universe who has invited us to his eternal home. All the more reason to give adoration and praise. Lord, in the days to come, may we take seriously our calling to give thanks as we make our own pilgrimage, not to Jerusalem, but to thanksgiving as we Celebrate it on this side of the ocean. Give us full hearts, souls that are singing, offering you praise and awe and glory for that which you have given to us and will continue to give to us. We have reason to give praise to you. Fill our hearts in the days to come. Fill them now. Give us the joy of realizing the abundant life that you have given to us. We pray these things in your name. Amen.